Welcome and thanks for listening. This is Voices Amped. I'm Ellie Clark. And I'm Vanessa Becker-Weig. And we are your hosts. So today, the leaders of Bodies Amped share about the process of the project. Who are the leaders? Shamara Jolquachi, Vanessa Becker-Weig, and myself, Ellie Clark. Our performance will be May 14th, Saturday, May 14th at 6.30 p.m. at the Downtown Arts Center. It is pay what you can. All proceeds will benefit Future Bodies Amped programming. Um, It's at the Pam Miller Downtown Arts Center, and it's going to be done with our Activate Shorts Festival, which Vanessa Mm -hmm. is leading with the Activate artists, young artists, Um, and they will be doing their Shorts Festival on Friday and Sunday. So we hope you will join us for the whole weekend. Um, (laughs) We have come to the end of our workshops and intensives with the Women of Bodies Amped. We are in the process of compiling vignettes and stories and dances. Um, So we know what all those final pieces are, and now we're just composing them into some sort of documentation. I hate to call it a documentary because um, that would maybe insult people who have been doing that their whole lives. We (laughs) documented our process. Documentarians. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And we're doing the best we can because this, uh, this project was supposed to be live in Lexington, Kentucky, and it turned out with COVID that we had to shift to the virtual realm, which was incredible, right? Because it gave us the opportunity to work with, where are we? Where do we all come from? Kentucky, Illinois, Michigan, California, Florida, Georgia, lots of folks. So what what was the process? Talk about it from your all's point of view. I think it was a lot lot of confronting what we had told ourselves our bodies couldn't do. Hmm. What, What they're not supposed to do. Um, what they can no longer do, um, you know, what's appropriate for it to do, what's not mm. appropriate for, t- for it to do, um, how people read our bodies, right? Um, and contending with that, whatever script might have been in our head about what other people might be saying or where we might have started to take it on and tell ourselves those things. I think that's what we were contending with and like trying to let all of that go. Mm-hmm and find out and go back to what we enjoyed about our bodies, um, what we missed about our bodies, what we kind of put away um, and didn't think about anymore, like couldn't find maybe what we used to enjoy about it and then kind of started to get back there and, and fall in love with it in in different ways. And so when I saw like the final poster in the stills, I was like, "Ooh, this is this is so telling about people's poses, about like what you mm-hmm. caught, what was caught in those moments, because that was not there, I think, at the start." Um, right? So- yeah, a lot of vulnerable, like arms up, full shape, belly showing, like mm-hmm. open. There was no hiding or collapsing in those images. Yeah, that's really interesting. I didn't think about that. I really, I really love that. Well, I think too, thinking back to the beginning stages, um, it was certainly about getting to know our and our bodies again, but also just you know getting to know each other and and establishing that trust um, that we could all take this journey together for sure in the beginning. And I think that um, 
actually being over Zoom helped that. Um, I, I think it provided a little bit of a safety zone for for some folks. And um, just just to think about where we were in the beginning and um, just not everyone was was ready for certain things. And, you know, we just I, I felt like we we did do a nice job of just letting people be where they were at and do what they needed to do to take care of themselves. And so to think about how far some of these amazing women came and all of us did all of us, even though those of us who are used to performing and, you know, moving our bodies, you know, I know, you know, for me, I, I learned a lot and I was like, oh, I can still do that. <laughs> it might, I might be sore in the morning, but I can still do it. <laughs> totally. In those moments of, oh, I'm not sexy anymore. You want me to do what? <laughs> and I'm like, I have a whip in my hand. I have a hat on and I'm like, woo, maybe I am. Yeah. Um, so we did writing prompts, which a lot of people are familiar with what those are. But uh, Shamara, talk about your idea to bring in these um, Galen Hooks prompts that are more geared towards movement. Yeah. So Galen Hooks is one of my favorite kind of body storytellers. Um, she is a dancer, she's trained, she's worked with lots of amazing people, Neo, Janet Jackson, Rihanna. I mean, like she's done a lot of contemporary work and she's extremely versatile. I've seen her do, um, you know, like Broadway. I've seen her do pop. I've seen her do jazz. She taps, um, she does hip hop. So she's, I mean, her range is tremendous, yeah. but what, one of the things that I saw her do in an in intensive is to give dancers prompts to tell the story with their body, right? And so much of what like professional dancers, what she says to them in these intensives is like, you know, when you're on a job, you're telling a story, but it's usually someone else's story, right? So you have to fit your body into somebody else's story that they figured out for this video or this um, script, right? And so the intensive allows for you to play and have creativity and you to tell the story. So the dancer, you know, for her, it keeps dancers sharp. So even if you're working with somebody else's choreography, you find little ways to fit yourself in. Mm -hmm. You won't do that if you're not used to being able to tell different stories, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, she'll give a prompt like dance like a moth attracted to a flame and you don't have control over the song, right? Which is very similar for like working dancers. You might not have control over one element, but this element you have control over and do it. And so I was like, what if we brought that to Bodies Amped? Yes. What is that going to look like when, you know, like when people who don't have or may have had you know, extensive dance training in another life, right? So years kind of removed from it um, or who don't do it often or who are creative in one kind of storytelling but not in another have to tell a different kind of story. And I was like, oh, this is gonna either hit great or it's gonna, you know, not be so great but we're gonna learn something from it. So, and we did, it was amazing what we all came up with and to see it you know, the Vantage, I know we were very, very sad about Zoom um, being kind of where we had to live, but the advantage is that we got to see it from a very different angle than we would have had we not been, like, had we been in a room together. And so to see it, um, to watch, 
you know, because sometimes we do it together. So to watch how people are collaborating, not in the same room, but telling these phenomenal stories were was so amazing to me. I was so excited that people were like, okay, I'm going to commit to it and we're going to do it. And we got some great stuff. Well, and I... I loved the once we kind of landed in the the final ten. I loved the camaraderie that um, that really came together, and and it. I, I know Ellie and I have talked about this. It um, showing up and and feeling that to that need to show up and that desire to show up because it was filling our cups. Yeah. And I think, I think that goes for, you know, not to speak for everybody, but I know for a lot of people that Wednesday was filling their cup. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what showing up means, because it's something I'll admit about myself that I don't like about myself, but I, I have to have ownership of it now is um, I'm so much more inclined to show up for other people because I feel an obligation to other people than I show up for myself. Sure. Like if it was just for me, it'd be easy for me to quit. But since like we're kind of leading the project, it wasn't an option. <laughs> so my inclination to show up because of you all is much stronger than to do something good for myself. Mm-hmm. So it's constantly a balance of learning the lesson of if you keep showing up for yourself, right? Because once once we were engaged creatively and we were sharing our stories too, it was showing up for myself a lot and holding myself accountable to show up prepared, telling my story, doing what I'm asking of these women to do. And it's, it's a learning experience creatively, but also it tells you a lot about yourself. Uh, and, and Shamara, what you said in, in, in our last workshop, when we did a little sharing with just family and friends, what did you say that your friend said to you? Like walk in your power, like sh- yeah. walk in your power. Don't leave the arena to the fools. Right. It was a, it's a saying that we um, say over and over and over again. And Lucille Clifton, I think said it to her and some poets when they were younger, that you cannot leave the arena to the fools. Like you have mm. to stand in your power fully and just show up and Ellie same like I have it's very easy for me to be like oh I'm not gonna do this if it's for me um to be consistent but if it's other folks having to show up but I think what like exactly what you said like what I started to see is that folks started showing up you know it was helpful that we built space and created a space that was comfortable um so that folks could be vulnerable but I think as we kept going, like folks, okay, like, let's see what I can do this time. Or yeah. let's see, you know, like push myself a little bit further each time. Um, and folks started showing up, you know, not just for each other, but also for themselves in this very beautiful way. Yeah. So how do you think, if you could define how that unfolded, building that atmosphere where folks feel like they can share? Because um, we we were getting to some harder hitting stories pretty late in the game there because we didn't know what the story was going to be yet. Um, And we ended up just throwing structure to the wind and being like, tell whatever you want to tell, we'll put it together somehow. Um, What do you think, what what was the foundation that we laid to get some of those stories that might not have happened otherwise? Well, I think, I've I've thought about this a lot um, in some of the other work that, that I do, but 
one of the things that I, I think helped to lay that foundation is that we also, as leaders, we brought things to the table. Like we brought um, our vulnerability and, and, and we shared. And because sometimes I feel like, um, you know, folks who are leading, you know, they share their gifts of like teaching something, but how often is there um, a reciprocal sharing of like your authentic self and your stories and, um, and, and your gifts and, and you are having to hold yourself accountable. Like you were talking about Ellie, like you're having to, to show up for all of these people and, and show up for yourself. And so it's like, I didn't feel like we were asking anybody in the group to do anything that we weren't going to do. Um, so I thought that was a really, really important, um, step that, that helped to shape what this ended up being. Agreed. I think that's the number one thing that, um, was so important is that we were doing what we asked people to do. Like we were going to put, we weren't asking folks to put themselves on the line and then not put ourselves on the line to not tell our story. And I think when, when folks can see that um, and see the vulnerability that that takes, but also the humility, right. That that takes, it allows them to extend grace, but also to ask for it in this very reciprocal way. And, where it might not have, if, if it were set up otherwise, like if we were just asking for something and then not giving, um, it would have set up this hierarchy. And so I think that us being just as vulnerable and us being just as open and willing to kind of put ourselves out there made it that much easier for folks to do the same. And I just, I, I'm going to throw this out there. I don't know that we need to discuss it too much, but I did, you know, some of our white writing prompts, we did like a haunting, um, which sounds, it just turned into something that I never expected it to, um, write about a time when you were taken to your knees, write about being a warrior or when you went to war, um, we wrote about inheritance and legacy and radical self-love. We wrote like superhero songs and superhero prologues, but it all, all of those writing prompts pretty much for each person involved came back to that one story or that one event or this one thematic chord that just seems to run through their life, which I found fascinating. Mm-hmm. You know, I do in part research, like narrative research on the stories that people tell about their lives. Um, And so when I do life history interviews there, whenever you ask people about their lives, it's going to come back and just without a doubt, it will come back to a couple of stories that people tell over and over and over again. And these are the things that we're constantly processing, constantly thinking about or haven't let go of or like whatever it is. Um, psychologically, like what a therapist would say, like, it's because it's very deeply rooted within us. And so I think those things showed up, right? Those things that people are still trying to figure out still has so much impact. You know, for me, it's, it's my parents. I am an only child um, I who did not have children, who does not want to have children, who will not have children. And, you know, I'm, I come from two people who are one of 11 and one of 19, right? And so 
for me right (laughs) 19 what um and so for me so much of like who I am is connected to how my relationship with them I'm the last you know people in my family especially because it's so large will say like oh you're the only child like don't you want to give your parents um grandkids and I'm like hell no I I barely survived so why would I do that to my children um but you know like they take up a lot of of space and my parents God love them and they know this so if they they hear it they were not ready to be parents and so I felt like I spent a lot of time parenting them which is why I don't want to be a parent um but that's, I mean, when it went to like legacy and inheritance, I'm like, right, this is, these are the things that I inherited from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I tell that story. And then my haunting story was very much like me not feeling like enough. And so these are the, you know, those two stories are kind of where I bounce back and forth between like trying to process, mm-hmm. um, like where, you know, in the moments where I'm anxious or nervous or feeling, um, not enough for all of the reasons, like for being a woman, for being black, for being queer, for being fat, like all of those things. So though that's like what, what I'm haunted by. And then, you know, these two nuts who, who raised me are the two things that sandwich me in. And so I think everybody, we got a little bit of everybody's things, right? Their stories that they constantly are, are kind of figuring out. We had a lot of us dealing with um, parents. Yeah. And interesting that thematic chords are often the same. They're very universal in a lot of ways, but helping people process and understand how unique their expression of how that has manifested in their lives is really interesting. Um, And so getting them out of like pedestrian ways of telling that story, which would be like maybe how we talk to a therapist and get it into something creative that like makes you feel like you fully express what it feels inside of you in your body, not just words to articulate what it is, but what does it look like? What does it feel like is so um, freeing in a lot of ways. Yeah. Very dynamic storytelling. This is why, I mean, y'all are some of my favorite creatives to work with because this is what it is, is right. Like very dynamic ways to tell very universal stories. Right. Um, which if they were told in a different way could be kind of very mundane, but let's use everything to color and create. Um, so movement, spoken words, you know, like theater like use all of the words and the ways to tell a story and I think everybody rose to the challenge on this one everybody I mean I just want to say that I uh this has been one of the most rewarding things that that has happened over the past year um in every way, in, in, in personal ways in like relationship ways and connection and, um, facing some of my demons that I was like, Oh, that's still there. Oh, <laughs> oh let's, let's work through that. Um, so I, 
I want it. I want to keep doing it. Like it's, it's got to keep going. Um, so I hope that our, uh, listeners will, will join us because round two, we, we are going to make it happen for sure. Yes. Gift yourself community. Like I, if I could tell anybody, um, kind of say anything like last thoughts before folks see it is that I felt like I gave myself a community of, of creatives, like to be in community with other creatives in a way that I would not have done or sought out otherwise if I weren't doing this process. And so, and then I needed that so, so much. Like the grief for me was palpable during this time. Um, And so I think that helped me process some of, and y'all know a friend of mine, a close friend of mine passed away. And so that helped me process that in a way that I would never have done had I not been um, in community with y'all. So give for, for folks that are wondering how that they, they can be a part, be on the lookout um, and give yourself the opportunity to be in community and to really stretch yourself um, and reintroduce yourself to your, your creative side. It, yeah. I find some new stuff in there. I, I feel so protective of our process that it's going to be like we were talking about before I hit record. Um, so protective of our process and our, our experience on this journey together with this group of artists and collaborators um, that I, it's, it's the hardest part of sharing in the end because you're like, that's, that's five minutes of um, a, a, a plethora of things that happened over eight months, right? This, it's such a finite product or a, 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 such a simplification of the huge journey we took that it scares me a little bit for that to be the thing we show when I'm like, ah, oh, there was so much happening in the space. So the community is the thing. And then this documentation that is maybe an app, 45 minutes of, a summation of all this is going to be exciting to share, but also scary because we know there's so much more behind it. So thank you all. Just to remind everyone, performances are May 14th, 6.30 PM at the Downtown Art Center in Lexington, Kentucky, pay what you can. Several of our participants uh, from all over coming in from California, um, Georgia, Illinois. So we will have a good a good representation of our participants. And we hope you will join us and come support these women who really, really uh, confronted their creativity and made something beautiful happen. And we will welcome and invite you at the end to bring your creativity. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have a talk back and we might invite you to do a little amping up your body. Thanks for listening. For those of you new to the podcast, we are Voices Amplified and you are listening to Voices Amped. You can check out our work or support us by visiting voicesamplified.net. Our work generates brave and equitable spaces for storytelling by underrepresented voices in dominant culture. We support and partner with organizers, thought leaders, and arts activists across the United States. Our team is me, Ellie Clark, and co-founder Vanessa Becker-Weig, as well as the incredible Dr. Margaret McGlattery and Jenny Benavides. You can follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Voices Ant. 
We love feedback, so shoot us an email at ellie at voicesamplified.net. That's E-L-L-I-E at voicesamplified.net. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest, reach out. As always, thanks for your support. And remember, be curious, be courageous, take up space, and make some noise.